Hey guys, welcome back to the Kind of an Expert podcast, the only podcast where the guest picks the topic of every single episode. My name is Corey Timmel, and as always, I am your host. And this week, I sat down with New York City comedian Jared Waters to talk about growing up as a military brat. A couple weeks ago, we had Lynette Palladino to come on to talk about what it's like to be in the military. And if you haven't listened to that one, go check it out. That was a great episode. Um, I wanted to get Jared on to talk about the other side of that. What is it like to grow up in a military family with parents that are in the military, especially parents that are high up in the military? And he has got so many stories. Uh, turns out when you are always the new kid, when you're bouncing around, living in Japan, living in the Netherlands, um, growing up around just different types of people from all around the world you get insane stories you meet some really cool people some really not cool people um so i i think this episode was one of the more fun that we've had he's just got he could go on for days with all these uh stories and he's one of the funniest people in the city so you guys are going to really like this one you can follow him at mr waters on instagram twitter tiktok all that it's a black dude on a horse that's him um he's posting clips all the all everywhere all the time uh and he's got a ton of shows in new york city so if you're ever in the city you want to see one of his shows he he rattles them off at the end there's like nine shows that he's running uh, so it's pretty easy to find him he, he does shows um every single week in the city so if you like these stories go check him out for sure you can follow me at Corey t comedy on all social media that is tiktok twitter instagram all that good stuff and come to ope comedy if you're in new york city every single thursday me chris Ryder, uh jared's done it before he's gonna do it again it's a lot of fun at ferns in the east village every single thursday with that let's get into the episode I was actually just arguing with Ryder about that. Chris Ryder doesn't like burning material? No, he he wants, he's like, you need to post all the clips, every clip. Every time you get a new bit, you got to post a clip, 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 clip. Because he's all about like, he's all, he's like, no, you because you need to get the following and then you can get the blue check mark and then like clubs will start to do this, this and that. And I was like, I don't know, man, I've seen it work like every which way. I think you've seen like a couple people do that. Dog, I feel the same way too, man. I feel like. Like I see Max and JC, they get like 50,000 or something like that. But I yeah. see a comic who has, this kid at our show the other night had 60,000 followers and bring nobody. I got so it's it. like, where's your, if your fan base is in Korea, what does that mean? Yeah. You I got 10,000 people that are worshiping you in Korea. But it feels like, I listen to a podcast and Gerard Carr was like, everyone's just posting clips now. And I feel I don't want to adapt to the times because I love my bits. My bits are misdirection. Some yeah. of my bits, you don't know where it's going. And I'm just like, freak. So I got to start. You know, yeah. not throwing them away, but not throwing them away, but just like, all right, F it. And sometimes people want to hear them. Some people want to be like, yeah. see what you're working on. Well, that's, that's, I think, why a lot of the shit online is crowd work stuff. It's kind of like the middle ground between yeah. like comics being like, all right, I won't burn material and people being like, no, I want to see this dude. Like, I want to, I want to see if he's funny, but like crowd work doesn't get you followers. Like, yeah. unless you're super hot. Yeah, if you're pretty. I mean, look at Mark Norman. Mark Norman freaking, uh, he does a Q&A after the show. No shit. That's where he gets all those all those God audience damn, things. They just smart. ask questions and he reacts to them. It's very smart. You can only do that if you have your own theater tour. 
Or like your 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 build- headlining shit. I couldn't do that up at the Three Monkeys. Be like, no. all right, this Sheba, give me like two minutes. I'm gonna do a Q and A. See if but I feel like I once you build a, once you build a base, you can do that. Like I did Eagle yeah. show the other night, and Eagle twelve o'clock in the morning sold out, and it's all his fans. And then me and Jordan Rock are saying like, you can say anything you want because these people are here for you. Yeah. So like he could play with material, everything else. And I was like, you could clip all that stuff up because these people are with us. You can do current events. Yeah. You could talk about whatever you want. So I feel like when you're not a name base or anything else, you have to still prove to the audience you're funny. Yeah. Like sometimes I just start in the middle of a bit, like I really want to work on. I was like, oh, I haven't proved to this audience that I'm funny. So it seems repetitive, but I have to get them on my side to prove that I can say this wild stuff that I really want to say. But when I start out immediately, I think it's like freestyle comedy. I had to take an L, a hard body L. And these are jokes (laughs) I know just literally worked. Yeah. But I didn't set up to the crowd and let them know I'm a nice person. I'm just talking about dark stuff, dark stuff, toxic men, everything else. And like these gay dudes are laughing hysterically. But all the women just turned on me immediately. Oh. First, they didn't like the Jacqueline Kennedy bit me, calling her a hammerhead shark and all everything else. <laughs> but all the old people got, like older people get huh? it. Who the fuck is getting offended about a Jacqueline Kennedy I can tell you, joke old la- now? <laughs> an old lady, an older lady in her 60s keeps going, Jacqueline Kennedy was a constitution. And I was like, I don't give an F what you think she is. Yeah. She's like, what if I said Coretta Scott King was a hammerhead? So I was like, Coretta was never worshipped as the beautifulest woman on the planet. That's true. We just go up in school talking about how beautiful Jacqueline Kennedy is. Yeah. Then I was like, no, what What are we talking about? You look at any old like photo of people from back in the 40s and 50s, they look terrible. Bad They're teeth. awful. There's, they were teeth. never beautiful. I remember I was in high school and I asked, the, I asked one of my my uh, history teachers. I was like, "Yo, who's that old this old white lady that's always in all the president videos?" He goes, "That's a different woman." I was like, "Oh, great. I was like, "Oh, I was like, who's this lady always Why standing next to the Bible?" the same haircut? Why the same like, different dress? He goes, yeah. "That's the president's wives." I was that's, like, "Oh, uh, that is the wives." That's back when we were a proper society, unlike yeah. now where people are just doing whatever the fuck they Thanks. want. This is where you're gonna come on and realize I'm an I'm an alt right commentator and uh, I'm here to I'm, I mean that's a, I'm here that's, to have you on because of the military background. That's a big base, man. So, I know it is, dude. It's crazy to watch comics. I'm not gonna name names, but like I'll see them early on in their career and then they'll just take that take hard right turn because they're like, oh, it's people with money over here. Like, you know, this the is what person they who should have turned hard heel is Nick DiPaolo. Yeah. Nick DiPaolo was the only person comic I know on the right side, but when Trump was out, he didn't lean towards Trump. Yep. If he ever leaned to Trump, I was like, dog, imagine him doing the correspondence. Oh, sentence. my God. That would have been wild. He, okay, yeah. anyway, all right, here a we go. true, like, like right-wing but polished comedian is yeah. so rare. It he never happens. He doesn't like the idiots on the other yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is, that's a big issue with it, yeah. you know? There's idiots on both sides, though. There is, yeah. There's a lot of just dumb idiots on both sides. Yeah. The issue is that one side's got the idiots with, like, a lot of empathy, and so, like, they could claim they're right all the time. They got the, the, like, no feel bad for us card. Yeah. Well, yeah, George Bush won. He won. He pretty much won this whole country, too. Some lot of old George Bush people out here. Oh, yeah. Old school Republicans. This thing is now it's just very just... You got the crazy people who never vote for them sticks and them backwoods and them hilly people. Yeah. And now they realize their vote counts. Yeah. Yeah. Wild times. I'm, gonna, I'm real curious where it's going to go. Well, I don't think Joe Biden's going to run again. No. Have you heard him talk lately? He's a freaking, he's a... I- I don't know what the. I don't think Joe Biden. I think it might. I don't want to say this publicly. I think Ron. I mean, I think Ron DeSantis might win. 
Uh, that's your that's your Florida boy. Yeah, you, he's, you not, take my ownership boy. he's, not, he's okay. not my boy, but I mean, <laughs> I think I think that people do love him. He went to yeah. Harvard. Everything else, I think that. If you look at the Democratic Party, who out of there is the next one that's everyone set up to Nobody. Be? None. I like, Nobody likes Kamala Harris. The, I don't think that... The only name I could think of is Gretchen Whitmer, but I don't think she can win. I don't think she I, can but win. But I think she's got the best chance, like, in terms... She's got the woman, like, angle, which I think would help this year. It hurt Hillary Clinton, but I think, like, eight years later, it might, it might help. And she's kind of like pseudo progressive but also moderate enough everyone in michigan likes her but it's just like man that's a big step up from like michigan and the national stage like that bernie sanders 89 he's got to be over 100 at this point right people really like bernie actually people don't like people yeah yeah i don't know who are the democratic party is going to rise up to beat ron yeah because i don't think trump will run again i think he's going to try to run again but whatever they're about to do to him he's probably going to lose he's going to lose that thing but it's just yeah, they're just both super old. We might have a double split ticket. We go a Democrat, Biden, DeSantis, and Trump all up there, and then the winner gets like twenty percent. I thought that <laughs> my theory was Joe Biden runs again, he wins against Trump, then he dies in office, and then Kamala becomes the president for the third, rest of the three years. Or they put him in like people, a home. People would be so mad. Well, Nobody went- likes Kamala. Even her staff doesn't. I know. Her staff doesn't. I know. I don't like her husband. I don't know what about him. He irks me. I haven't. I haven't even gone that deep on him. I was like, but her nah. wait, she'll have no kids. I know deep inside she's probably a nice person, but she did a lot of stuff to like people locked up people in California and stuff like that. But I know if she had to run the presidency, it might be different. But when you're the vice president, you can't say what you want to say. Right. And I'm pretty sure she has a short leash of what she really wants to say. But I know oh, yeah. her staff is quitting. But if Kamala ever wants to come on this podcast, shout out to you. Um, I'm just I'm just an independent person. I'm independent. I see. Okay. I look at the right. I look at the left, and I see what's in best for my interests. Uh, but nobody's really wants my interests, you know. Yeah. That's, I was. I'm yeah. not gonna say I was a Republican, but I was like growing up. Like my dad was in the military, so of course George Bush benefited us. You know? Yeah. And then Obama. I remember I was in college when Obama was elected. I remember this redneck dude across my hallway. He he goes, man, now you know, Gerald, Jared, that. <laughs> and he's, we're sitting there talking. Now, they're pissed. These are. Yeah. But we played football together, everything else. Like, we, there's like, no, this is a black dude, man. Yeah. So he goes, uh, now you know. It's about to be a thousand black people out here marching and screaming and carry on talking trash tonight. I said, dog. <laughs> I said, dog, look, we're here. And this, I'm in like a white dorm, too. I'm like, dog, look, we're just chilling. It's over. Yeah. We shake hands. And as soon as I said that, like 16,000 <laughs> black people are storming down, walk around, <laughs> beeping horns, freaking uh, dunk like trucks is out there. just beat Alabama. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's freaking, it's, I just see random people making out and stuff like that. <laughs> And then I just take off my shirt because I'm in college. Like, yeah, we won. <laughs> it, looked, it looked like that scene from the Chappelle show where the black people get reparations money. Uh-huh. And they're like, <laughs> hide your money, y'all. There's poor people around. Uh, yeah, exactly. But those lifetime moments, you remember, I remember just being on campus, Obama wins. I remember this beautiful light-skinned chick was just like, oh, my God. I said, we did it. We did it. She just looked at me like, what are you talking about, Jerry? I was like, we did it. I did it for you. What? <laughs> I remember she's like, can you even vote? She thought I was like an international student. I was like, yeah, I can vote. What? 
college. So where'd, wait, where'd you go to college? Were you down in East Florida Carolina? Still? No, I went to East Carolina. East Carolina, okay. I'm from Tampa, Florida, by the way, North Carolina, by the way of the world. So, like, okay. my dad and parents from North Carolina, and then, like, Florida was, like, our the longest place we ever stayed, Tampa. Gotcha. So, that's, like, my, that's my home. That's where I rep Tampa, Florida. Yep, yep. So, so what was that like in your family? Like, you said you grew up Republican. I didn't grow up like, Republican, but I was just... You leaned a little bit more that way, right? During the war years is when I leaned that way because okay. it was just, like, they benefited my... Dog, I, I learned how to be independent. I was, like, kind of, like, to the left sometimes, kind of to the right. But I just realized you're a black person. You realize that no one really has your interests at all, right? Sure. So that's why you're just in the middle. You could be libertarian. But I remember that when George Bush was elected, we got all these tax benefits. Yeah. I remember having my parents were just all like, hey, yeah, George Bush did. They <laughs> a lot didn't of really. Funding going like, yeah, George Bush did it for that. <laughs> but I remember being in like the Netherlands and talking to this Canadian dude and meeting. I got a lot of brown friends, but like when I like when they trusted me to stay at their house, that's when I started realizing how bad racism was towards brown people i remember my little sister had a best friend who's from saudi arabia and she let us in her house and she took off of her job but her hair just fell all the way to the floor i thought she was a pony she had so much long hair (laughs) and i was like wow and she was talking about about discrimination everything else and that's when i realized like dog we just opened up a can of worms to have the license to just hate on another group of people yeah like when you listen to basam or you watch rami and stuff like that and i was like man people were just openly hating brown people on a regular basis that was it I remember this this chick. She's from Yemen, and uh, she goes talking about how how hard it was coming out of her country. And then she goes like, "Racism is so real." And then she goes, "I was like, well, how's it feel in America?" She goes, "I'm good." And she goes, "But thank God I'm not black." I'm like, "What did you just say?" <laughs> I was like, "What did you just say to me?" She goes, "Yeah, but praise God I'm not black, right?" And I was like, "Get out of here." Yeah, yeah, that was a um, the tough era, man. That was a tough just era. Open racism and stuff like that, or that whole no one talks about how the war, how kids felt. Because my dad's gone for like a year. My friend's dads are gone for like years. I remember the Taliban were dropping mixtape, cutting off white dudes' heads. Yeah. Really cut off their reporter's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that guy was, that guy was like, ah! It's not that. funny, but he's like, so, remember this guy with a beard? He looked just like yeah, he was yeah, screaming. They yeah. pulled up his head. I remember. I saw that I was, shit on LiveLeak or whatever the version yes, was Yeah, I remember being then. in high school watching that yeah. and just realizing like we're desensitized to stuff because we've seen. Oh, yeah. I remember 9-11. I was in Tokyo when yeah. 9-11 hit. But it oh, hit, shit. and my mom woke me up, and she goes, the, there's a t- terrorist attack. I was like, what's that? Yeah, she right. had to explain it because my dad wasn't there. My dad was golfing TDY. So I remember they locked down the base. Everybody's running around with M4s. Everyone has guns everywhere. There's, uh, 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 what's the type of, like, four-wheelers are driving around. Everyone stay in, the, stay in your house. You can't go outside. Yeah. And then we had this thing called AFN, the Armed Forces News Network, Armed Forces Network, meaning that everything that happened in America, we would get two weeks later. What? Why TV would it take that long? Because it was like we were on like, a, this wasn't like technology. It didn't have like oh, okay. streaming. So it was just like we got current current events. Sure. But anything like a TV show, like when we watched Survivor, oh, we had to watch see, it two weeks later. Saying. Okay. I thought you were saying current events. No, it's just like MTV. I got you. Yep. We were watching shows two weeks behind. But live football, we get live football. But it oh, would nice. happen at 2 o'clock in the morning. Sure. When we watched the Super Bowl, it was 12 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I mean, you twelve know. o'clock in the afternoon. But I remember when I remember when nine eleven hit because we watched it for like two weeks. They coverage, we're watching people jump off buildings and stuff. Yeah. And then two weeks comes by and we're watching TRL again. And like we got uh, who on the phone and we're watching their live coverage of nine eleven. Oh, so I saw nine eleven hit like maybe for a month straight. Wow, just watching it over and over. Again. That would be. 
I think that's that's kind of how it was in the states too. Is like because it was such a such a money maker for the news networks to like keep showing it and like Duh. you know all the updates of the firefighters and like it took them months to clean that shit up and so they were constantly rewinding that that tape. But it was weird uh, going back to what you were saying about the racism because um, like right around then, not nine eleven, but a couple of years after when we were still in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, is when I started living like part time in Dearborn, which is a suburb of Detroit, but it's got the highest concentration of Muslim people outside of the Middle East. Right. And so it was strange for me as a kid to like hear all this stuff about like racism. My hometown had zero Muslim people, zero Arab people. So it's just kind of like, okay, well, that's like, that's something, that's a world that I don't know over there. But then I go over to the city in Detroit on weekends and it's just like, like half the population is wearing hijabs and walking around right. and they're they're obviously muslim and i was like it's kind of jarring to sit there and go like wait a minute these are just like i don't know it's just like kids playing on the fucking park right. like they didn't line up the the media narrative and like the the total i don't want to totally blame the media because i think even if the media wasn't pushing it people still would have had that like gut visceral reaction um but it didn't line up to like what i was seeing they scared us they yeah. scared the whole country to hate a certain group of people. And then when I left the country is when I realized that it's first time being around like active brown people that were my friends. Like there were some like Saudi Arabians in our neighborhood because they work with my dad. Some of them were like worked in Saudi and they work. But now like meeting people who are from different places, meeting Muslims and stuff like that. And him telling me like, yo, we're not like that, dog. I was like, wow, why the freak do we get this message or just learning about Muammar Gaddafi from their perspective or learning yeah. about Saddam Hussein from their perspective and learning that we gave him weapons and all this other stuff. Yeah. I'm like, what are we? Oh, the amount of oh my like, God, like bullshit what? that people have figured out over the last like, 20 George years. That's like, war, like, we man, did all this shit to ourselves. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like at the time, you could not say that. There was nobody. You were not the allowed. Dixie chicks. Remember that? They got canceled that. over the Dixie chicks. What happened chicks. with the, Dixi the Dixie chicks? They just George Bush and then the whole country turned on them because they're like from Texas or Tennessee oh, or whatever. Yeah. They thought they were being anti-American. Then I remember, what was it? Uh, it wasn't George Bush, but I remember somebody saying that the Dixie Chicks, someone was against war and they just canceled them completely. Wow. Like the whole country is like pro-war, everything else, pro-war. And it was just like, man, what the... That was just a crazy time just to think about yeah. how crazy the times were. Or just thinking about, there's a story that Bill Clinton had a chance to kill Osama bin Laden, but he didn't because he was on the golf course. Right. I heard those stories. Yeah. So, like, when you're from, like, a military background, you hear that side. And then I met Canadians for the first time. You know, you come up from the South, meeting Canadians, and they're, like, anti-war. Yeah. So I had a Canadian teacher, Mr. Balintenko, and he was just like, watch this documentary. And, you know, he's probably not supposed to do that. Like, no. these teachers are not. This is an international school, so uh -huh. he could pretty much do his own curriculum. He had me sit there and, like, pretty much purge my right side views and left side views. <laughs> and, and he goes, watch this video. And it's a video about Iraq. And all these Iraqis are watching American TV going, there's a war coming? As a weapons of mass destruction, like Jesus, what? Hey, why? Like, and do they I have like, weapons of mass destruction? Yeah, they're like, like, what? They're like, what are you talking about? Then seeing them raid Saddam Hussein's house and take all his bars of gold and stuff like that. Not saying he's a good person. Sure. But just saying like everybody's got dirt and they swamp. You know what I'm saying? Everybody oh, yeah. got like a little filth in their swamp. So just knowing as an adult, just looking at how war is, how war benefits all these people, then looking at how Dick Cheney did everything. I'm just in the middle. Yeah. I'm in the middle, you know? I'm in the middle because 
there are beautiful war babies. If you go to Afghanistan, there's nothing but black mixed everything else. First time, I'm dead serious. The most beautiful women you. you ever meet in the world. <laughs> I never thought of it, but I believe you. <laughs> France has all these swirly people, and I remember my grandfather. Was my uh. grandfather's friend, Mr. Harold Coons. I said, "You ever went to war?" He said, "Yeah," and I made some babies out there too. <laughs> I was like, what? He said, yeah, that's the first time they ever sent me out in North Carolina. I didn't know what to do with these women. <laughs> these women was everywhere, just grabbing me, touching my afro. Boy, yeah, I got some kids out there. <laughs> so they told me to start this. All they that's do- terrible. This podcast officially feels like that's terrible. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> but you got to think about the times back God in the damn, day. damn, that's funny. I know. Think about how black know. people in the South were not respected as human beings no. so they go to another country and all these women are throwing themselves at them and like this guy told me during the war they pushed all the black people to the front line so they can get killed first so when that's what they did so that's, that's, it's sad every t- you know what the it's, i've heard that multiple times and it's sad as shit the only thing i could think of is the south park movie where oh, they where that is literally what they do like that is the operation move all the, the black people to the front and was, then they leave at the end of the movie and i was as a kid the first time i watched it i was like oh that's hilarious like that's a funny real, joke yeah and real God damn it, like once a year i hear like more people like you say it and i'm like man that shit really happened yeah look they're in the protester and this i'm like all white people to the front that's what was. i was like oh here we go it's your turn but I remember I was in like that white people to the front and I was like nah man, I can't get arrested I got a job man I'm marching in the middle mm-hmm. that's when as soon as that pepper spray get out I'm out of here I'm marching in the daytime and in the middle they, <laughs> so, so they did that so when they did that this Dutch this old Dutch man told me he goes the reason why he respects black Americans because they came over and that's what liberated them he said the black people were the first ones there then the women started meeting black dudes and the first thing they meet is just all these thick afros and suave everything else chains yeah. and stuff yeah. and they don't know what to do with them and they're just making and all, a lot of black dudes stayed out in Europe and started making babies. So you would just meet the swirliest people. I met this one chick. She was, what was she? She was, she spoke Papamento. I forgot from Curacao. But her mm. daddy was black and her mom was like Dutch. And she was the most swirliest earrings. And the best thing about her was she introduced us to all her Dutch friends. Yeah. So when I went to high school prom, I had the baddest. Everybody's like, where's this? I don't worry about where I got her from. <laughs> just worry that I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's let's back up a little bit. It sounds like you've lived in what ninety places, ninety five, like lived around the world. Give yeah. me give me your history, like age brackets to where, like where were you jumping around, stationed? So from from like zero to like twelve, we lived in like maybe seven spots. We lived in Virginia, no Missouri. Shit. We lived in North Carolina. We lived in we lived in. Missouri, North Carolina, uh, I think Mississippi. I think my dad lived in Mississippi before. Yeah, Mississippi, because my mom met this. She named me after some white dude she met in Mississippi. It's <laughs> name Jared. My dad thought it was a biblical name. Did your dad know name. that? Okay. He knows now, but it was a biblical name, and then she uh, named it because the dude was nice to her. <laughs> I love I lived that. in Georgia before, and then I remember we left North Carolina. We left North Carolina when my dad became a major he came a major and we go to Tokyo. I remember the day mm. he sits us down, he's like, we're all moving to Japan. And I remember my grandmother goes, Japan? Y'all going to Japan? <laughs> and uh, that was like the moment, like like every two, three years we bounced around. So clearly I didn't feel it until I was like going into like 
nine to like 12. Or I remember sure. being the new kid every freaking day. Every time yeah. we bounce around being the new kid, freaking fighting all the time because people were effing with you. Yep. Then the way I spoke, they thought I spoke like a white dude. So like, you speak like a white boy. And my grandmother's from the South. She goes, you just got to go to school and whip his anus once you see him. You get up in there. So I remember this dude was making fun of me. And I was like, hey, man, come follow me to the bathroom. As soon as he came in the bathroom, I was like, boom, punch him in his freaking teeth. <laughs> I freaking decked him. And then I didn't know he was going to jump me. He's like, brought all his boys and everything else. Uh, so yeah. the next time I came to summer camp, I came there like prepared. I had like uh, limes and stuff like that. I was about to spray it in their eyes. But I was just like, <laughs> I just knew. Sock I, full of coins. I just knew that being the new kid all the time, yeah. you either going to make it easy for me or you're going to make it hard for me. And I'm just going to either dab fast. That's why I was so funny very fast. Always yep. good making friends. I could feel when somebody's hating on me or anything else because we moved around so much. Yeah. So... But no one understood like what my dad did. Mm. So when my dad was gone for like, I remember my dad was gone for like a year straight. No and we shit. Had, we would send him VHS tapes. I think it was in Qatar. VHS tapes of our families making funny videos and stuff like that. And he's just out there in the desert. And I remember telling some dude in class, like, what's wrong? I was like, yeah, my dad's gone. And they're like, yeah, my dad left too. I was like, no, 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 my dad's coming back. Oh, yeah, yeah, my dad's coming back too. <laughs> no, for real, my dad's coming back. Yeah, 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 whatever, dog, whatever. My dad ain't been back ever. He said, like, where's your dad, go off to college? Yeah, yeah, right. I was like, no, he didn't go off to college. He's at war right now. And they're like, yeah, 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 that's what my mom told my dad too. <laughs> so it's like all these kids are effing with me and stuff like that. And then, you know, my mom's by herself with four kids. Wow, four kids. Four kids, yeah, four shit. kids. So, so I, your dad would leave for a year, come back, make a kid, and then peace out again? When he started leaving, he had all of his kids. Like, when he started doing, like, heavy, like, PCS, mm. he already had his four. I think my sister was, like, three. But okay. I remember, like, my mom just being stressed out. I remember our family tried to come and help us, but we were four wild kids. So there's right. like, I remember she made this big, giant feast. She calls my dad. They're talking on the phone. And then she, like, made so much food. And we were my brothers and sisters kind of clumsy. And I remember my sister knocked over the Kool-Aid and it spilled all over the table. God. Then I dropped the macaroni and cheese and we all started laughing. She's like, ah, and just leaves to the room. Everybody go to sleep. Everybody just go to sleep. Go to sleep. Just go to sleep and don't talk Nothing to me. Nothing gets a single mother going like dropping her fucking food or drinks. She, that was like, that. I think that was the first time I ever heard my mom swear at my younger brother. And she kept pouring him... Uh, we had like a bottle of Sprite or something like that, like a two liter bottle. And she, he he spilled it like three times in a row. And the third time, she just gave him like, God damn it, Preston, go to your go to your room. Go to, and he's like, I didn't mean to. I don't care. She's, Get out of here. She used to just make us take midday naps. Midday, midday naps. naps. Everybody take a nap. Everybody go lay down now. <laughs> she would separate all of us. We could not be in the same room. My sister had to be oh. on the couch. My brother's in the room. I was in the room. She would separate all four so no one could talk to each other. So we had to go to sleep. Oh, no. And then she'd be all like, <laughs> she like spank us. Anybody gets up and gets spanked. I got to go to the bathroom. Hurry yeah. up and get back. Oh, yeah. You got to go to the bathroom as soon as you get sent to nap. That's the rule. <laughs> she, was a, she was just, and I, now as I get older, I realize she just needed two hours by herself. Yeah. She just needed, yeah, yeah. Like, we were just, you know, young kids having doing, always getting in trouble and stuff like that. But I remember when we left to Japan, it was the first time I met people like me. I met people who were like a welcoming committee. Oh, okay. Like, I remember we got to- So you were living on the base. We were living on the base. Okay. First time we, we lived on the base in, in North Carolina, but it was just like, we went to school, people didn't understand. But it was the first time, like, everybody was from a different place. Sure. So I got like a culture thing. I met boys from the South, different parts of the South, mm. other boys from Georgia, from West Coast, the Midwest, different type of white people. Because in North Carolina, you know, the white people were racist, man. I remember yeah. walking home and a dude pulling out a gun to me like that, and I'm like 12 years old walking- 
and they just bust out laughing. I'm like, dog, I'm scared. Of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. So I'm like, all right, let me go another way. I remember just people just effing with me. And then I was just an angry person, just an angry kid. And then we get to Tokyo and just like everybody's super nice. But I'm defensive because I sure. came from this place where like, are oh, y'all going to F me? I'm the new kid. Right. But it was the first time I was like, everybody's where? a new kid. Yeah, I was like, where are you? They're like, where are you from? I said, I'm from America. And they're like, no, we know. We're all from America. <laughs> where are you from? I was like, oh, I just moved from here. All right, good. And nobody had like real homes because they're all from different places. They all bounced around. So I remember I met this dude named Paper. And I was like, your name is Paper? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, that's your real name? He goes, everybody calls me Paper. And I was like, I could just make up my name. And then when I got to Japan, my name was Money Waters. Money Waters. <laughs> I love that. Money How is that water. not your comedy name? No, why'd you flip back? Come on. As I remember, like, I remember when my parents came to my football games, like, "What's up, money?" And then she goes, "Who?" <laughs> my mom was like, "Who's this guy, money?" They keep cheering for. He's like, "Are you money's mom?" She goes, "No, I'm Jared's mom." It's like, "Oh, that's Money Waters." <laughs> yeah, that's name is Money. That's his name, Money. But it was like the first time I ever oh. met. She probably sent you straight to nap after that. That's well, I was, that's when I was in my teens. So she's like, after we grew us we all kind of grew up together. So we were like yeah. in our teens in Tokyo. So we like lived and like experienced stuff. But I remember meeting kids that were my age that were experiencing the same thing. Like their parents would be gone. And I remember this kid stole my ID card. So I couldn't leave the base. Mm. And my parents went to Korea to go shop for clothes. And this kid, just stole, he stole my wallet. Didn't know my ID was inside there. And then I, I touched him up afterwards. We got in a couple bras after that. Sure. I mean, yeah, I couldn't even go to Korea because of you. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I met my best friends to this day. No my shit. My mom's at church and she goes, I, my son lost his ID card. We were leaving tomorrow. They go, he can stay at my house. They only met like a week. Okay. Let him stay at my house. I got four boys. He can stay there. And then when I met them, the first day of school wasn't awkward because I hung out with them. I hung out with my he, his best friend. My other best friend lived around the corner, yep. and we all met each other. Oh, this dude's from Jared Waters. This is who he is. Oh, you're here, man. Come on. You don't worry about clothes. We got black socks, everything else. So I finally met my people. There you go. Like, I met my people. I didn't have to worry about, like, the bullying or anything. Like, you still had, like, hazing and stuff. Sure. Seniors beating yeah, us yeah, up. Yeah. But it was the first time in a long time that I met people who were just yeah, like allies. me. Allies. Yeah. I met my people. Yeah. And I was around, like, just a lot of races that I wasn't around for. I remember my first girlfriend was like black and Korean. And I didn't know what she was. I thought she was like, I said, where, did, where, where do they make this thing? At? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I seen her, I said, what are you? And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, what, how, how are you mixed this way? <laughs> being from the South, being from the South. Then I met her dad, that's a big black dude and her mom's a Korean lady. And I said, wow, look at y'all, y'all like Saiyans. Yeah. <laughs> y'all like super Saiyans. So that was the first time I mean like being with like, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, Haitians, everything yeah. else. So I'm with all these cultures and I started learning their languages when I stayed at their house, Filipinos. Sure. So that's like, to this day, like when I get on stage, like how do you know everything about everything? I was like, I grew up with all these different cultures and yeah. races. Well, that's that's what I was thinking is like, one of the, I, I kind of had the opposite. I was in, I grew up in a super white neighborhood. Like we had, we had like 270 kids in our class and I think probably like, 15 of them were minorities and then i went to an engineering school way up north where it's all just white dudes like <laughs> that's it because it's in the middle of fucking nowhere and it's like who who the hell wants to go to the middle of nowhere where there's 300 inches of snow Thanks. per year it's white dudes because you can ski and that's like that's it so coming to um well the thing that saved me in my hometown was that i always had jobs outside of my hometown mm -hmm. so i roofed houses for a summer I worked in warehouses. Good money. I uh, worked at ABC Warehouse, which is like the like ghetto version of a Best Buy. Mm -hmm. So it was like I got a little bit of a different experience there. But then for me, the first time that I saw like 
like really saw a bunch of different cultures was coming to New York where I'd imagine that was a huge advantage for you moving here. It's like, you already know all these people. They all speak different languages. You're like, like you don't want to, you don't want to mirror too much and try to blend in. You want to be yourself, but also like you're aware, like, no, these people have different cultures. You got to act certain ways around certain people. You assimilate to, I think when you're an American, we have like this arrogance where we go to other countries and want people to speak English. Yeah. And they do speak English, but they want to try English because they grew up watching TV and everything else. Yeah. So they do want to talk to you in their language. But like when you are. You can't assume it. Facts. And when you're of military descent, you want to make sure you're in best behavior because like if they ever met a Japanese person who says they hate Americans, I would agree. Mm. Because when we were in Tokyo, we were having wild times. What did we time. do to Japan? We were, besides Hiroshima <laughs> and all this, you know, crazy stuff, sure. kill them. But like if you're from Japan from the early. 80s to now I can understand why you hate Americans because we were in teenage years running around Tokyo doing the most wildest stuff yeah. on trains flipping around playing blasting music I can understand <laughs> I mean people at my Turning school Tokyo were, into New York they were going unbelievable I remember my this dude at my school beat up a Yakuza no shit he didn't know who he was he, yeah. beat him. he was at a club he beats him up his big brolic dude and they tagged his car and he could never drive his car off base because they were just they tagged him to beat him up I remember this one dude stole from, he stole some shirts from this Japanese store. And uh, next, you know, no, before that, they were stealing rims. Okay. They were taking rims, legit rims. Yeah. Just going off the base, taking rims, throwing them in a van. Oh, man. And everybody at the high school had 24 inch rims. Everybody had like these <laughs> fat white rims, everything else. And we're just like, oh, where are man. they getting these rims? <laughs> yeah, right. And they just found this place and they all just jumped over the fence took all the rims and brought them on base because uh, the right. Japanese could not go on base at right. all. So people so you, would do this. you guys were like little gnats, like leaving the... The smartest criminals in the world are yeah. all military-based background oh, people. Oh, man. Because your parents are gone. Yep. And you're figuring everything out, and you literally, you get three strikes. Three strikes, and they kick you off the base. So it was just like, it was like really, we were. it was like Ocean's 11. Yeah. Ocean's 10. I remember these God dudes damn. stole... In my high school, I was like, everybody's got these rims and everything else. And this dude just told me, yeah, we get them off base. I was like, oh, y'all buy them off base? And then he just told me, no, we steal them. Nice. And I think one dude got caught and everybody like got their rims confiscated. Stuff like <laughs> got confiscated, but everyone stole rims. But I remember one dude went to this Japanese store, because we're in Japan. He went to this clothing yeah. store and tried to steal. And they had this button, because the Japanese are very high in advance. Hit a button, the the window locks and they keep them in there and they take <laughs> they all take out kendo sticks and beat them for like an hour. Oh, they shit. beat his hands, they beat his legs. <laughs> whap, whap. They beat him. They beat him for an hour. They beat him for an hour and let him go. Let him go. And he had to crawl back to the base with his fingers broke, his knee damaged, and they beat him with they beat him with kendo sticks. Uh-huh. And I know they had the best time of their life <laughs> oh, yeah. beating him with kendo yeah, sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just thinking about meeting Americans that are adolescents, were rebels. I remember we went to this this place and they had a real wrestling ring, legit wrestling ring. Yeah. And then Japanese it probably said do not get on, but we all just got on and had a full fledged hour Royal Rumble. Damn. And then by the time we turned around, there's 3,000 Japanese people clapping and cheering because they think it's a real WWE <laughs> sure, match. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And we're sitting there <laughs> jumping off turnbuckles and stuff like that. And then eventually some guy comes and like kicks us off the ring. And they thought it was like their followers were like signing autographs. I remember one boy, my dude, walked around Japan and told everybody he was Tyrese. And people were just, <laughs> people were just taking because they weren't used to like these cultures. Right. 
they weren't used to these cultures. Yeah. And then you would just meet just random white people randomly. And I was like, what? I was, look. And he was like, yeah. hey. And like, oh, where are y'all from? And he's like, oh, we're missionaries from Utah. And like, I, was like, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, where are y'all from? Utah. And I was like, we're here to spread the message of Jesus. So then we all went to like this thing called, is it called High BA? High BA? Or should we, I forgot what it's called. But it's like a Christian organized camp where they put us there. So we all met these dudes who were like white dudes who lived in Japan their whole lives. Mm. So they'd been there and they weren't used to meeting like black Americans. Sure. So we're just all like roasting each other and stuff like that. Wait, why are you guys so aggressive? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. going on? <laughs> and he, he's like, listen, man, the way Jesus loves you, dude, Jesus wouldn't let a girl pose like that with her panties out. <laughs> and then my boy's looks at my boy's my boy's talking to him like, but what if Jesus what if I was like, how do he goes, how do I stay a Christian if a girl calls me about you know, three o'clock in the morning, she comes yeah. and comes to the crib deal. You know, my mom's not here. You know what I'm saying? I'm woo woo woo. And he goes, first of all, I'm not talking to a girl with a crib in her house. And then we had to be all, <laughs> they've been in Japan so long. Like, no, nah, yeah. a crib is like a house. Right. Oh, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> so we're meeting all these eclectic different people. But at the same time, like the base was like the hub. That's like our, sure. our source. And it was like, we all went to church together. So everybody I grew up with, those four years I was there, I seen them every single day. So we were all like family. To this yeah. day, like if I ever run into somebody from Japan, it's like it's all love. Okay. It's all love. Yeah. But the thing about it was we had like maybe ten different bases. So like it was our base versus their base. The Navy kids were different. We we're Air Force it. kids. Sure. The Army kids were different. We all play football against each I other. I was gonna say it's probably some good Epic sports. Rivals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I remember the most rivalry. This is when like MySpace got big, where everybody's talking trash online. I remember this chick at my high school got jumped by eight eight fat chicks and I'm not even joking dog and they weren't even in high school they weren't even in high school it was just what, like they were like adults they were uh, what do you call after you graduate you're alumni Alu okay they're just alumni yeah. of the base they were just you oh. know people just graduate and don't know what to do you want to yeah. still live in Japan yeah, yeah, yeah. these chicks are huge they're all huge <laughs> This chick, she's she's Honduran. I, I won't mention her name. I used to date her when I was like in eighth grade, ninth. But I remember, go. I see her walking, I see her walking, and they tell us before the game, listen, I know it's a rivalry because they had their homecoming. Then the night they played us, our football team, Yakota, was known for being undefeated and beating everybody. Sure. So they had a pitchfork and they were burning jerseys they had a fake jerseys of these two they're burning jerseys <laughs> wow and they're like we tell them little tell them little girls when they come up in here we go nah, 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 nah. so everybody's ready everybody's amped up they were colliding and i remember we we're just walking we we're on jv and i was like look there goes uh we'll just call her honduras there goes honduras and the white guy looked just like you he was a twin and we're walking i was like look well, dude, and we we have good vision so i'm like wow she's walking that way i said dude she's about to run into these chicks that are waiting to jump her she walks over and like, oh, you from Yakota? Yeah, and what? Next, you know, boom, uh, yeah. boom, boom. <laughs> so we run over to help, but you can't break up no fight with no big girls because I said, whoa, I was knocking, there, <laughs> knocking me down. I'm like, hey, 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 everybody stop, chill. <laughs> I'm like grabbing one and like throwing them out the way. So <laughs> you ever seen Big Mama's house? Yeah. When they all started fighting, he yells Big Mama like this. We're like trying to knock, we're trying to like hold these big girls and we finally break up the fight. And my friend's like, like, my friends are like, no, no, get off of me, Jerry. I pick up my friend. Like, I pick her up like this because I can pick her up. Like, it's over. Sure. Stop. She's like, no, let me fight. I was like, hey, come on, dog. You got Air Force One. Prison. It's over. It's freaking over. Let it go. To this day, I don't think she said thank you. To this no. day, she thanked the white dude, talking about he saved my life. I said, I saved your life. <laughs> you know, I was getting sad. I think I almost, I, I think I injured my jaw that night. They were hitting me for real. Yeah. There's big girls. Are, so I was like, you ever get, I got hit with a jaw, but it was just like epic rivals. So like Yakuska was all the Navy kids. Zama Atsugi was the uh, 
was the army kids, but that's where all the Filipino girls. So we all okay. love going to those bases because they're like Filipinos and Puerto Ricans, those girls. And then Masawa was like for people in the Air Force, but they lived in the mountains. They always snowed mm-hmm. everywhere. Okay. Then there was Iwakumi. Uh, they're like, I think they're Navy people. And then across Kadena is like how Puerto Rico and America is. They're not really Americans, but they got the benefits. Sure. But they don't consider themselves Japanese. Gotcha. They're they're Separate, yeah. Okinawa. That's what they're they're from Okinawa. Okay. Okinawa is like they're like not Japanese people. They're like a different. They're like mainland people. But they had two bases over there, so it was just like in Yakota. It was hard because it wasn't a lot of girls there. Yeah. So every year a new shipment of people came, and that's when you had to pray that God sent somebody new. Yeah. So when me and my brother got there, we we're just fresh meat. Oh yeah! I was like, "Wow, this is the first time." I was like, "Man, girls were on me in North North Carolina, but I it took me three weeks in going to Japan realizing that I should just shoot my shot at anything." Yeah, that's when I realized like not? I was leaving to Tokyo. I didn't give an f. So yeah. I was like, "I like you. I like you too." I was like, "What? Why do we wait? Yeah. We waited so." F- <laughs> but when I got to Yokota, it was just like all these girls from different cultures, and it was like everyone saw you for your personality, not for mm. your looks. Okay, you could literally get everybody to know. looks different. Everybody, we're all yeah. weird people. We're yeah. all like into anime. Everybody's into Dragon Ball Z and stuff sure. like that. Nobody made fun of each other. Right. So it was just like, if you had maybe two to three options, that was your choice. And everybody was taking each other's girls. So everybody oh, yeah. had you had your head on a swivel. Right. Head on a swivel. <laughs> yeah, if there's only 10 women, you got snipe There's them. more than that. I'm sure. There's more, but it was yeah. just like the pickings were, you had to find girls that no one heard of about. Oh, which yeah. Which was rare. Yeah. We meet girls that were homeschooled. Like, you live here on this base? Like, yeah, I'm homeschooled. I was like, shh, don't tell nobody around All right. here. Well, that that brings up another question for me. But I think, like, the, the biggest question I've had through those stories is, like, in my mind, military kids live in a strict family. But the way that you're talking about it, you're like, no, no, no. It was like all hell was breaking loose all day. Like, we weren't my, well behaved. Was it a reaction to, yeah, it was a, a reaction to, like, the military Yeah, everybody parents? was so strict. Like, what's the worst thing you can do is beat me. That's true. I've been beat once, so many once times. Once you get the worst, once you get the worst one, you're like, all right, I'm free now. Dog, I was remember <laughs> one time it's like, I was like, dang, I'm probably going to get beat. And everybody's like, yeah, we all going to get beaten. Let's stay out longer. What's the worst that can Hard happen? Hard to argue with that. But my dad, like- <laughs> no. When I was in Japan, my dad grounded me for, like, maybe I was grounded for, like, Three months. Oh, I was grounded all the time. All the time. All I remember, the time. I threw bacon soda on these people's cars, and everyone called the police <laughs> and thought it was anthrax. And the whole oh, shit. everyone got yeah, evacuated. That was right when the anthrax was scaring everybody. So you picked the wrong time and to do that. My dad just walks in the house and goes, "I know it was you. <laughs> I know it was you. Was it you?" I was like, "Yeah, that was me. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, that was me. You even tried to lie? Yeah, no, because I, I was always trying to lie. I was, I was, I was, I was grounded. I couldn't go nowhere. Oh, right. I was stuck in. I was literally yeah. like in a little cell. I couldn't go nowhere. I was in so much trouble. But it was just like the thing is, like our parents were strict, but we were just very smart. You got to think we were millennials. Yeah. We had technology. We had everything else. Yeah. We were doing things that they never even thought of. Right. Well, did you get grounded from the computer too, or just leaving? Because that was my dad's, because he was a teacher. So he knew, oh. he was up to date with what kids were doing. So when I was grounded, it was no friends, no TV, no computer. Like, I could read. I read a lot of books as a kid. I think my parents, <laughs> they felt like they were on punishment having me in the house. 
Uh, there you go. Yeah, they felt like that's how my put, mom felt. Like, I think. Oh, he's still here, and I'm yeah. sitting like, let me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> just, if, just, if I'm gonna be here with you, I'm gonna make it just as miserable. But like, then my dad would go to TDY. Like, my mom didn't want to. You know, they would have stuff to do. You gotta think about it too. Like, my parents were like from the country, but like, this is the first time I realized, like, growing up, that we all grew up together. Meaning, like, this is the first time they had friends that were in the military that were like religious and everything else. So they would have like, they would have my time. I remember my parents went to a, everyone in the church went to this retreat in a different city and they just left us with our neighbor to this day. I feel bad for my neighbor. His name is Mr. Dowdell, mm. but he was a friend of ours. He was our youth minister and my brother condom out of letting him, letting us stay by ourselves as 13 year olds. Hell yeah. And I remember that's old enough. I feel like 13, yeah, 12, either, yeah, 13, 14, but uh, he didn't know what was going on in the house. It oh, was yeah. a madhouse. Oh yeah. And, he goes, I remember he goes, my mom goes, Dowdell's going to watch you guys. Y'all stay over here. Y'all don't be coming in and out of this house and stuff like that. And I remember my brother going up to him. My brother to this day is a boss. He's a, he's a, he's a founder of company to this day. He goes, look, uh, we respect you, but we're going to stay here. Uh, you can come in and check in on us. And Jared will go over there and watch your kids. <laughs> so I was like babysitting. And then he goes, we just want to show our parents that we're responsible. We want to stay at our house. He conned them. And then the whole time, it was just a rave. Oh, yeah. It was the craziest rave. Of course rave. it was. But it was like to the point where everything on the base was so small. It was big, but so small. Yeah. So anytime someone knows something, the whole base knew. So by the second day, everybody knew our house was free. The first night, my brother goes, all right, everybody bring your special, special ladies. I said, all right. So I go, I go. You call up Honduras. I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> it was the, the, the black and Korean one. Oh, there I you go. She was my neighbor. Okay. So like at the time we weren't together, but I was like, yeah, you just want to come over? It's like, you know, I was like, so she came over and she's like, I finally got to know who you are. I said, yeah, and I'm just, I'm just misjudged. That's how it is. You know, I remember her brother hated me so much and he, <laughs> he didn't even know me. He's like, he's probably a player, but I was, but I, I didn't mean, your even, name was but I wasn't even, I didn't even tap into that side yet. Oh, I was still right. young. I didn't even okay. tap into the okay. dark side of the force. Oh, yeah. I was still a Jedi. I didn't yeah, switch yeah, over yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I remember I brought her, my boy brought this chick named, chick named Wendy. My brother brings somebody. And then the second night, my brother goes, all right, switch it up. So, <laughs> so everyone found somebody else. And then at the end, it was like, everybody knew our house was open. Oh, yeah. So people were just trying to live there. People like I was talking. like, nah, yeah. get, nah, the freak, no, you can't no, live in this house. It's not a flop house. And then the Saturdays when we all got in trouble was like the girls from the other bases found. And these dudes, uh, like the high schoolers, I'm like in eighth grade. I was like freshman, ninth grade. This guy brought 26 chicks to our house in three cars. That's more women Three cars roll life. up. Three God cars damn. roll up. And next, you know, our neighbor's outside. Yeah. Because it's the fifth night, and then it's like random parents are coming to the house. The colonel comes to the house, and everybody freaks out on the block. Like the colonel sure. never comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the colonel comes because her son was coming to the crib. That was one of my best friends. Uh, and he ran away. The son ran away. Here, he just didn't come home, but everybody's sure. like, he's at Jared's house. Oh, all right. But he oh, would stay there, you. but he was, he was staying at, stay at his chick's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the colonel comes, and our neighbor, he's a, you know, he's a cap, he's a lieutenant. So he's just like, oh, the colonel's here. And she goes, is Yancey here? And then her dad shows up. And I was like, Yancey's not here. Was he here? I said, yes, Colonel, she was here. He was here. Where'd he go? I said, I think he took off to his girl's house. We don't know her. Then the whole block is scared. 
Yeah. The whole block is hot because the colonel's here. So then our neighbor's like, look, y'all conned me. Y'all been having parties. People talking about they staying here and everything else. I was like, don't believe that. And then the last day, it's just like he's standing outside. He's gaslighting the shit out of he's this sta- guy. He's standing outside like this. He's standing outside like this. And all these cars roll up to the side. I'm like, I'm stopping the cars. Like, no, no, stop, 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 stop. Everyone come around the back. Got you on traffic and then, duty. And then these dudes are like this. These dudes are like this. It's like 17 Filipino chicks just, just coming in. These Puerto Rican chicks are coming to our house. And then he just knocks on the door. And he goes, how many people y'all got in there? My brother's like, it's just a little dinner, just a little party. <laughs> and then he makes them all leave. And it's like people falling out the house. <laughs> and I felt bad for them because they came all the way two hours away yeah, on right? the train and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They thought it was going to be the party of the fucking century right there. But it was just like, hey, we party for a while though too. Oh, so yeah. He's like, what y'all doing? I was like, we're just playing PlayStation. Can I come in? brother? no, you can't come in. <laughs> But I remember the look on his face of my parents being so disappointed in him. And he's like maybe 28 and my parents like 36 and they're just like, Uh, you're an adult. You don't need to listen to kids. They're liars. He's like, (laughs) he didn't know that. He didn't have his own kids. How the fuck was he supposed to know that? They're both liars. (laughs) But just meeting, meeting. And I remember it was just like, since the base was not so big, I remember just like. Well, hold hold on on that real quick. So. I realize I have no idea what a military base looks like because the okay. entire the only the only image in my mind is like military bases from like movies or whatever where it's no. like tents or you're this sounds more like a like a town like an it's entire like little city everyone's got their own house it just happens to be behind like okay. a border this is this is what a military base looks like every base is different but in Yakota we are the biggest base because we had a flight line you know what mm. flight line is Mm-mm. flight line imagine an airport mm-hmm. airports. Our airport takes off and take hops. These are military hops where you can hop to different bases and everything else. Okay. Our base is like was little a, airplanes? No, these are big, like C5 oh, airplanes, right. aircrafts, everything else. So, all like, right. you can, like, they're traveling, like, you know, machinery and stuff like that. And then when they fly in, we had the airport. So, we had the giant base. We had a long flight line, meaning that maybe, like, 30 planes, everything else. Yeah. And the base was divided by the east side, west side, north side. That's where the bases were. Okay. So, if you're looking on the east side, it looks like... Imagine your build. Imagine a, a building in New York City that goes up to maybe the second floor. Imagine townhomes. Okay, sure. Imagine a uh, a brownstone. Like a brownstone. But they're all you know how the brownstones are all connected like yep. that. That's how the base housing are. Ah. But it's okay. not. It's only like two floors. So you have sure. upstairs and downstairs. But there's like a cul-de-sac full of houses. Okay. So everybody lived amongst you. everyone. Had a yard. Everything else. But that's that if you're like an officer or something like that if you had a family but if you had like maybe two kids you lived in a tower like you did live in these giant places okay. so there would be a place with like 18 floors okay in towers so people lived in the towers some people lived in homes if you had more than four kids then if you lived on the north side that's where all the officers lived sure so my dad was an officer but he had a lot of kids so we lived in on the west side gotcha then there was the east side same exact place you had towers and you had this so it was a community so imagine a imagine a code imagine a uh, a neighborhood with houses and apartment buildings all sure. in one place. Okay. But everyone is maybe it'll maybe take fifteen minutes to get to the other side of the base. I was gonna say if like size wise, you're talking like lower Manhattan, like East West Village combined, roughly. It's like Harlem, yeah. Okay. You can get to Harlem East and West. It might take sure. you fifteen minutes, but it's like everything's compacted. The base, the airport splits the sides, west side. So everyone is together. Everyone has a house, but information travels because everyone goes to the same high school. 
Sure. But everyone doesn't go to the same middle school. Doesn't everyone doesn't go uh, to the same elementary school? The east side kids go to the east side. The west side kids go to the west side. Sure. You meet at the middle school. You meet at the high school. Gotcha. And then the few like homeschooled kids. Yeah, those random homeschool. That kids makes too. sense. Okay. Homeschool that makes kids. sense. How that they would play football. That's where we met them. Oh, okay. So they'd They're still like do Mormons. sports with the. I gotcha. They could do sports at the high school. They have to take like a health class or something like sure. that. Sure. So that's how the bases were. So the bases, you can catch a bus. A shuttle bus takes you all around the base, and there's like different stops. You yell out next stop. Then when you're 16, you can get a car. You can drive. Everyone lost their license because they go to the flight line and race. <laughs> Just racing. People doing Just donuts in the parking lot. Tokyo drag racing. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. So that's where yeah. it was. All that stuff. Like happened. So living in Tokyo is just like a community because we all lived amongst each other. Mm -hmm. So that's why everyone got in so much trouble because I can catch a bus and go see my chick. Mm -hmm. My excuse me, my ex. Just you know, I say chick. Sorry, disrespect sure. to your fans. Yeah. But chick, you can see that like that. So I remember when I was dating this Puerto Rican girl, my Puerto Rican ex. I remember that she told me to come over. And it's like eleven o'clock. It's mad late, and uh, she goes, "My mom, don't worry, everything's good." So I just catch the bus and I go over there. And it's like 11.28, we're watching a movie, I think nobody's there. Then her Puerto Rican mom comes downstairs. <laughs> oh my goodness, what are you doing here? And I was like, whoa, I was like, whoa, I was like, whoa, I, whoa. And she's like, no mom, it's okay, it's all right, we're just watching a movie, but your dad's not here. Cause her dad's a TDY, so her uh, dad's gone. Okay. So her stepdad's gone, so the mom is a lenient one, and her mom's like, please don't get in trouble, please be quiet. <laughs> And the crazy thing about it, like her dad, my dad was her boss. So it was like different, uh, different things. My dad was lieutenant colonel. So like I get to, the first time I saw my dad, he probably started out poor, but I saw him make six figures. Okay. I, every accomplishment in my dad's career I was there for. Dude, I remember, I get chills. I remember pinning my dad's lieutenant colonel thing on him, pinning him like that. Every time he got ranked, he let me and my brother pin him on. And I remember this chick I was dating, he was like talking to me at the table. He's like, give me a hard time. He goes like, where does your dad work? I was like, he works in the comp squad. Like where? Cause I'm in the comp squad. I know everybody that works there. Does he work in the basement? I said, uh, maybe the basement. And he goes, yeah, cause I'm in the basement. What's his name? I said, wait, I think he works on the third floor. And he goes, no, there's no third floor. The third floor is where the commander sits. I said, I think that's where his office is. <laughs> he goes, wait, is your dad Colonel Waters? I said, yeah, that's him. And I remember when I left, cause he like, I was walking to meet her family. I met the mom already before, but he's trying to give me the typical dad. I'm gonna and scare you, and he opens the door. What the freak do you want? <laughs> like, that's how he greeted me. Sure, dog. I'm from the south. Like when you yell at somebody, it's time to fight. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I don't give an f who you are. I'm just like dog. I've, but that was just like a try. I don't like people yelling at me to this day. You know, oh, I'm yeah. going to football, so he opens the door like that, and next you know it, they're like that. That he's trying to f with me, and then after I said that, everything changed. How are you? You need a ride home, buddy? Yeah. You need anything else? Oh. And this is like my dad was the boss of everything. Yeah. I remember sitting that summer hire working, and I remember this guy, I was working, this guy goes, your dad's the boss, right? You want me to show you what he does? And I go, all right. Then my dad walks in, he's to promote somebody, and he goes, everyone, free. everyone's sitting like this. No one moves like that. He's walking by, and everyone's sitting at attention, he looks around, he winks at me, and then he walks up to this guy and takes his takes his uh, wings, and he goes, uh, he said, you're an airman, right? He goes, yeah, he goes, promotion. Some people says it comes from the east, it comes from the north. Some people say it comes from God. 
He said, I would like to bless you with your rank. This guy starts crying and stuff like that. And he's like, that's your freaking dad. I was like, this is freaking wild, man. This is freaking wild. So, like, my dad, I would, like, when you got on the base, you had to salute all the officers. And I was like, hey, your dad, that dude didn't salute you. Drive back around. Make sure you get that salute. <laughs> so like, Just fucking with him. So, like, that's the, awesome. the Yokota one was more like a family base. But then, he, then like, my junior, my sophomore year, he goes, we're leaving to the Netherlands. Oh, okay. So, when we moved to the Netherlands... You know, we go to Korea, we go to all these other towns. We've been all over uh, Asia, and then like every football trip, we all go to different places. But when we got to the Netherlands, we weren't on a base. No one lived on the base. Everyone lived with the people. Oh, okay. So I was in You're a like regular integrated neighborhood. with the community. Dutch neighbors. Okay. German neighbors, everything else. Everyone's six foot six and taller. Everyone, and they, you know, they're not used to like black neighbors as well. Uh-uh. So they're walking over saying, they're not saying racist stuff, but they don't sure. know. They're walking up to my dad. Congratulations, Obama won. Are you so happy? <laughs> You're like, yeah, but don't ask me that. <laughs> but like meeting just, and it was like a city. We're in like, we're in the Netherlands, dog. We're in like prime, just the most beautifulest women in the world yeah. are like mixed, like African chicks, freaking. Yeah. I remember we got lost in Germany one time, but the thing about being in Yakota was everybody leaves. Some mm. people stayed for their whole stint. Some people lived there from like two to like 18. Some people lived in Japan their whole lives and don't know anything, but we did a four year stint. So, but okay. when we got to Europe, I met people who I knew in Japan. So everywhere we go to a European base, I knew somebody. Ah, uh, there you go. So it was just like, uh, it was how like old a, were you? Seven, 16, 17, 15. Okay. So 16, 17, 15, 18. So 18. So I remember we were in this place called Wiesbaden, in Germany. We're doing a track meet. And this girl I was like, yo, Jamie. She goes, what up, Jared? We went to your car to go And then she goes, uh, what you doing tonight? I said, freak, let us know. And then she just has the baddest bristles with him. I was like, this is all us. I said, all these is with you? And she goes, yeah, they want to hang out with you guys. Y'all trying to party? And I was like, yeah, we try to yeah. party. So so like we're supposed to be on a, a track trip. And we're like, yeah, uh, we're all, we just sneak out the hotel. And they take us to this club at this thing called Las Maracas, the Shakers. And we're the first time Caribbean, everything else, but they're sure. German. Oh, shit. Okay. But they're German that are Caribbean people. So it's weird that they speak uh, German. Yeah. But they're like Span- Spanish. So we're like, it's like seven o'clock in the morning. Right. And we have to wake up at nine in the morning. So we just walk into the <laughs> hotel and like, uh, boys, you want to tell us where you are? Uh, nah. We just had a little uh, prayer meeting. We're just outside. <laughs> So it's just like everywhere I go in the world, I know somebody because yeah. everyone dispersed all over the place. So I would just meet people like every base I would go to, I at least knew somebody. That's nice, though. You got That's like how, a, right. you know, you got like a, like it's the wrong word, but a base, like a base of people that you know, like you're always going to be right. welcome pretty much anywhere that you go. But living in Europe, so like I think like living in Japan, Japanese is such a far language from English. Mm. But living in Europe, everyone pretty much knew English. Yeah. Everyone knew English, and you're so immersed with the cultures because every country is right next to each other. Going to Poland. Yep. Like building playgrounds in Poland, going to Czechoslovakia, going to freaking France. I've been to France a few times. Uh, I remember I got to England. I forgot that they spoke English. That's how I've been around in so many foreign countries. <laughs> I'm like talking to this chick. I said, look, man, I know you don't know what I'm saying, but listen, we could be beautiful. <laughs> we could be great. We could make a great, we would be a beautiful couple. She goes, what did you say to me? Why won't you say it? I think that's sweet. Why don't you say it? I was like, you speak English? Oh, this is where England start, right here. I was like, oh, free. What's up, girl? What's going on? Yeah, what's up with it? 
so for a while I didn't date anything but just chicks that didn't speak you know what I mean I wanted yeah. to meet I feel like you don't know a language until you meet people from another language and those girls will show it to you so when I got back to the south I was very like culture shocked a little mm -hmm. bit about yeah. racism hitting me back again mm. I'm like what the okay. f what, are you, what do you mean you don't like black people what's going on yeah what right what, what I've lived around the world, I can lap your life if I wanted to. I've been like experienced, cultured, so it was like very rude, like especially like women. Like I had to get back to being Southern because like in the Netherlands, chicks didn't like you to take you on dates because prostitution was legal. So oh. they would take you out all the time or you pay your way, I pay my way, we're going huh. Dutch. Uh, Straight okay. up. This is that old player sense. told me. That makes sense. So it's just like we went Dutch a lot or just like they're very open, very upfront. Yeah. The men in Europe are more emotional than the women. The women are more tough. They're very forward and mm. stuff like that. Like I had this German chick walk up to me like, what's up? I dance you. Don't dance with me. Like, do you have a problem? I was like, no, I'm just chilling. Well, I, I'm i disappointed. You didn't ask me out. I was I'm asking, <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe tomorrow when you're not, when you wake up. There you go. But like when I got down south, like a girl's like, let's go to the movies. Like, let's. And I was like, yo. She's like, where's your wallet at? And I was like, I didn't bring it. You asked me to go to the movies. Well, let's turn around and get uh, your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dang, really? She's like, yeah. She was so mad turn about that $15. Back to Europe. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Europe was more. What are we doing here, Jared? Being immersed, with, being immersed with cultures and, like, really understanding how people saw Americans. Yeah. Like, I remember people didn't like, they would tell us not to show our military ID because that's when, like, the war started turning bad. Yeah. So it would just well, be. Europe turned on the war way faster than dog, the U.S. I can't, did. I can't tell you, dog. One time I was at a phone party, and uh, I'm sitting on a like a, a, what do you call it? Not the bar, but next to the bar. Uh, the counter. Like yeah, the counter sure. of the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Standing up at a phone party, this guy grabs my feet, and just whoosh. No shit. I'm seven feet in the air. Swipes me, fall down, right. I jump back on the bar. Start swimming my shirt like a helicopter. Just Ray Mysterio Jr. suplex backwards, <laughs> right on his head. Royal Rumble. You're but, watching uh, too much anime in Japan. But it was just like they didn't like us. Yeah. You know, and they could always spot us out. Uh -huh. That's the thing. So we couldn't even hide. And it was like some Dutch. You just told me he's like, "Listen, I know you black players, you're black pimps. Please don't talk to my girl." I was like, "Dog, what are you not? Nah, we're just kicking it. My yeah. girl's right there. Please don't talk to her." And when I turned around, my best friend just dancing. <laughs> my friends just <laughs> dancing with her. But it was just like they didn't. They only met stereotypes about us. Yeah. They just thought they were all rappers, singers, everything else. So a lot of the women wanted to be around black Americans. Like I tell black people, black black American men, if you want to know what it's like to be worshipped and adored, it's outside the country. Yeah. Because they weren't hassling us. They It was kind of racist because they would hassle Africans, but they wouldn't hassle us. Right. And they would know we're not. I was like, how do you not know? I'm African. They're like, yeah, but you're African American. I was like, no, I'm African. <laughs> but they could just tell that we're American. Right. And they just wanted to be around Americans because we brought so much joy to them. Yeah. Hip hop, movies, everything else. Yeah. So it was very like, I remember being at like a theme park and just some random hot Indian girl just walk up and just hold my hand. And I'm like, I'm like what? And she goes, I love you. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, what? And my, this old black guy walked up to me. He's been in there his whole life. He goes, listen. Write your name, number on a piece of paper and just pass it out. Trust me, it's going to happen all day. We don't got all day for you to be stopping and making connections. And, but I was like, you've been here for 15 years ago. Listen, they ain't never seen nothing like you before. 
Yeah. They don't know earrings. You got gold. My boy had his from St. Louis. Had gold teeth in his mouth. They're not used to seeing black Americans like that. So yeah. keep it pushing. Write your number. Keep it pushing. If you don't speak the language, keep it pushing. So it was just being immersed in like the Netherlands. So like Japan taught me how to be, how to love everyone around us and like build that community. Yeah. But like when I got to Europe, it taught me about cultures, about understanding cultures and how we really fit into this world and being receptive. You know, I never knew that Americans were hated. Yeah. I never knew that. Hated on some level. Like, Dog. obviously, they, they love the culture. They love the culture, they love but the culture, they did not love that it's... we were in their country yeah. doing whatever we wanted, and right. there was no repercussions for it. Yeah. They yeah. would just send you back home. Unless you murdered somebody. I did see someone kill somebody before. Not kill somebody. I seen someone put someone in a coma. Jesus. It was one of the, it was before World Star was big. Let me make it down. This is not snitching. This is already documented. Okay. But uh, we were just, since there were no guns, everybody's fighters. Yeah. So as plenty, we just fought each other. If yeah. you had a problem, everyone had to square up. So just like the leader, I remember like we got beat up by the seniors would like chase me home. And I mean like really chase me up. Like yeah. I'm like, I'm like You're running. They're like driving in cars and stuff like yeah. that. And they're power bombing us and stuff like that. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I remember we had this thing called Europeans. Europeans when every base, every base meets at one base. Okay. Because it's like the imagine imagine a football tournament, like the finals, that's what happens at one base. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like when they have the basketball, so to end basketball, all the bases come together and have a tournament and the tournament happens there. Okay. Yeah. That's how it happens, right? Sure. So imagine like a comedy festival and everyone meets there. Yep. So the best yep. of whoever. So every year, at the f like that. So I remember in Yakota, it was a wrestling tournament. It was a, no, it was a girls soccer, girls basketball tournament, basketball. Boys and girls, everyone met there. And I remember my dude, Justin Brahas, rest in peace. I remember they were arguing about like, yo, we, I'm a hood dude. I'm from the, I'm from the Bronx. Da, 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 da. And the guys, well, I'm from East Texas. And this big Mexican dude walks up and just, boom, damn, hits him. He falls forward, his head hits the concrete, he oh, starts twitching, eyes dude. blink back. Oh yeah. And I'm just like, I think that guy's dead. Yeah. He doesn't die. He like goes into a coma or whatever. But it's like we recorded everything. <sighs> like we're just like fit like God this is like damn. we're early world stars. So yeah. it's just like after this dude go after this dude goes into a coma, we got the police on base. We got OSI, the military police. So they're like, there's video footage, they're searching around for the camera. So they find my dude with the camera, and then they just start taking all these crimes out because we're driving in high-speed racing cars yeah, in right. a thing. And like, these kids don't even have license. Right. So they take my other book. God so damn. like it's all the all everything you did in high school. Imagine your parents just having that footage. Oh, it's yeah. Like footage just fights, random fights yeah, in lockers, I mean, people hitting people with pull sticks, and he just had like uh, our high school thing. And we I didn't record shit, but kids these days, yeah, they uh, record fucking everything. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that we couldn't post on anything. The only thing we had was Zanga. Right, right. <laughs> I'm mad Zanga was like a blog where we couldn't post videos, but there's plenty yeah. of videos of one of my good friends getting beat up, beat up on camera, <laughs> getting beat up on camera. I was like, dog, I hope they uh, never release it as an adult. Yeah, nah. But I remember it would just be Quick way to brawls. Get canceled. Yeah. Brawls of just base versus base. It was like rivalries. So I remember just that. But when I got to Europe, it was more like, as Americans, we got to stick together. Yeah. I remember we get to a, a, a place called Bazzini. It's one of my favorite clubs. They let us in at 16, so we had a great time, phone parties. And my boy's name was Sasha Miller. He was taking pictures, and he thought he took a picture of something he wasn't supposed to. 
So they grab his camera and just snatch it away from him. So he's like, it's a $600 camera trying yeah. to get it. Then when he gets it, they take the memory card out and they go, we don't got your camera. Then he's like, I know you got my camera. So he finally starts getting in there, tussling with him. They throw the camera out, but they take his memory card. Sure. And we're all about to go to college. So he's trying to get these memories. And then they go step outside. They push us outside. And I kid you not, dog, we are on a step. And down the step is like 60 steps that goes down to the parking lot. Oh, shit. And there's like a rail. And these bouncers are, we're all like 17. We're like, we're still lifting weights. But these 28-year-old men just started fighting us. And I remember this guy super kicked me, and I caught his foot. I picked him up, and I held him over a ledge. He's way bigger than me. I wrestled, dog. Yeah. Two-time wrestling champ, dog. You no get effed up. I have him down there. He's oh, and I just like something tell me not to drop him because he probably would have died. Yeah, yeah, something yeah, like right. that. And I like let him go. Then I remember my fat friend Dexter gets open hand punched in the face by this guy. He walks up and goes, <laughs> "Bah!" He's like, Ooh, and he's all drunk too. He's drunk. He's drunk. Then he drives off. Then I just think about just it's legal to drink at sixteen. Yeah. You can get your license at sixteen. How wild it was in Europe because yeah. I could see why Europeans are so wild. Oh, yeah. I remember we're at a party, and this military dude had a party. I was like, why the freak? I just wanted to. I was like, this guy's like 28, and we're with all these high schoolers. Why is he doing that? He had to get rid of all his alcohol, and I was like, this is just weird to me. And next you know, because if you're not of age, you need to get out of here now. And if someone goes, to drinking age 16, we're good. Ah, we're good. <laughs> so it was just oh, like, oh, man. Your parents had control over you, but it wasn't like they didn't know what was going on. This right. is this is This is new for them. Right. You don't know especially, what's going on. Especially compared to, I'd assume, like in Japan where you were on a base and so it was the base. Them. Yes. Right. But in it sounds like in Europe. Europe, it was just. It was, you're just part of the wild, community wild and out. they're like, I don't know what's going on. There's like, I can't keep track of them. I remember my mom texted me. She goes, you better be home in an hour. You got 45 minutes to get home. I was like, well, I'm in Belgium. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the country three hours away. Oh, yeah. Sorry about, yeah. Whenever my brothers and I did that. It was. We never had that good of an, an excuse. It was always like, oh, but like, how do we just got to Taco Bell? What are you like? Get home now. Where are you? And I was like, you're not going to believe this story. I got super kicked at a phone party and broke my phone, and broke my phone but she's not going to believe that. I was like, what? Why is your nah, pants wet? Yeah. I was super kicked at a, a phone, phone party, <laughs> fell down on my phone. My phone's not working. What's a super kick? Is that a drug? Is it- <laughs> I was like, they knocked me down. And I just think about like how many people are just driving just wild like that. Yeah. So I thank God that like nobody died or anything else, but it was just like the funnest times of our lives. But it was like the some military kids don't have the experience because yeah. they stayed on, they stayed in U.S. soil. So you glad you had that experience? And I'm asking this because yeah, we yeah. gotta oh, we yeah. gotta wrap it up before I this get, dies. Yeah. I get freaking. But, uh, I got tons of stories. Yeah, that was the me, best. Oh yeah. No, I was like, what? I gotta. We gotta have you back on uh, for more stories because it doesn't. I bet you could sit here and talk for we four hours if you wanted to. Dog, <laughs> being being a military brat is to this day has helped me become a greater comedian because I'm good at meeting people from different places. That is when I'm 100%. at like Broadway comedy club, whatever culture they're from, I can yep. figure it out. I have a little background knowledge about them. That's why I asked the host, where these people from, yep. uh, being in the comedy scene, meeting new people. It's the comedy scene. That's what I, that's what everyone, everybody knows who you are. And it's just like, you are so good. Like picking up like club to club, bounce around, meet everybody. Like yeah, everybody's like, oh, yeah, Jared, like, of it's course, like a yeah. military base. No yeah, one's yeah, from yeah. New York. No, no. So where exactly. are you from? What do you hold up to your heart? Yep. I hold Florida to my heart. Yep. Some people, I'm from Michigan. Oh, do you know this comic? He's yeah, from yeah, Michigan. Yeah, do you know exactly. this person? Then you connect the swamp like that. Yep. Yep. But yeah. This is a lot fun. of fun though. Shout out to all those military brats out there. 
Uh, they're showing down a lot of Air Force bases around the world, so I don't know if they'll have that experience again. Yeah. But if you ever get it, well, you're too old now. But if you ever have a kid or a military wife, or Lynette's kid might have it, you know? Yeah, right. Right, right, on a right, military right. base is one of the funnest things you ever get to have. Damn. I missed yeah. out on that, but uh, I don't know. Next life. I'll Next give it a life. shot. Where can people find you? Find me at the real OJ Simpson. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> If you're on Instagram, Twitter, yeah, TikTok. Yeah, go follow Bill Cosby's new tour that's whoa, coming whoa, out. Jared, Jared whoa, on the opening. Whoa. No, just... <laughs> whoa. We're trying to end my career. If you are <laughs> if you're on Instagram. Sorry, that's what I heard. This is like everybody knows you. This is like we're talking. People are talking. If you're on Insta- if you're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or oh, what's man. the other Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, TikTok, it's Mr. Waters, Mr. Waters. If you see a black dude on the horse, that's me. Where can they find you? Uh, at black Corey Planet? T Comedy. Uh, what? Black Planet. The Black Planet. <laughs> world black. Star at World Star Hip Hop. Um, no, Corey T Comedy on all TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, the whole stuff. Come to Ope comedy jared's done it before we're gonna have him again soon yeah book me again um, why'd y'all ban me what's going on we didn't ban want, you we didn't do shit well we heard anymore. about the bill cosby thing we were like i don't Whoa. know if this is the right spot Whoa. for him <laughs> like maybe broadway comedy club will have you still but like i just want to let uh, people know i'm not open <laughs> he's enough. not he's not, not <laughs> he's not um you got shows though all around the city where like where are you what are you running these days when you when does this drop it's monday. next week monday yeah uh or tuesday because it's a holiday Oh, so it'll be week, New yeah. Year. Every Wednesday I have a show in Astoria. It's Astoria Park. But right now it's at Catch Bar Car Training Day Comedy with my dog Farz and Marathi. It happens every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Uh, every other Thursday I have a show called Comedy Night Live. It happens at Casa de Mesco with my dude Matt Benjamin and Daniela Mora. Yep. Every first and third Sunday I have a show called Sunday Service. It happens at 12 a.m. at the Grizzly Pair. And every Sunday in Kent avenue in brooklyn we have a show called comedy commune with my boy scotty lavelle from tampa florida who's been running the longest running show in brooklyn this is why everybody knows who you are you're running so many fucking shows there's no way to not run into you dog i remember when i didn't have show i just know what it's like not to have spots i realize if you keep your spots on you no one can ever take them away from you agreed this is a lot of fun let's do it again soon 